If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. It's a back-to-work Tuesday after a nice, long holiday weekend. Yes, we're back to work here on Birds 365. If you're heading back to work today after a long weekend, don't work too hard. And believe it or not, the Philadelphia Eagles are back to work today. Going to get yeah. some grass time in. First day of, 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 of Phase 3 OTAs, the on-field stuff, Jody. We won't be there. And by we, I, I say the media. But first day, so back to work. Happy Tuesday, as Jonathan Gannon might say. Good for Jonathan Gannon. Good for the Philadelphia Eagles. The fact that they are getting back onto the field is nice to know, seeing as the baseball team in town is going in the tank altogether too quickly. Uh, yes, the attention may be focusing, focusing even more than usual on the Philadelphia Eagles, and that uh, the beam is usually pretty bright with this football team, and it should be this year because they've had as good an offseason as they've had. All right, yes, you guys not allowed in. Uh, Thursday is going to be your first day, Grass? Uh, Friday, I believe. Friday. Friday. Okay. Friday. Wait till Friday. Right. Still waiting for the schedule as usual, but tentative Friday. Tentatively, you're actually going to be able to get out there Friday, but the birds will get together and actually do some Physical activities, it's OTAs, uh, training activities. What do you think these activities will include, Mr. McMullen? Well, Nick Sirianni told us no team drills, no 11-on-11. So it's going to be a bunch of 7-on-7 drills and, you know, individual work before that. So, you know, really, it's always hard when you're running around in shirts and shorts, even in a typical um old school let's call it football mindset to get any feeling on the offensive line the defensive line and the running backs all these physical positions 
Uh, but you can get a feel for the quarterbacks and the skill position, the the receivers, the corners, and things like that. Um, and the other guys, yeah, I mean, they got to wait till July, really, uh, to get the pads on for the few times they can get the pads on. Then you can see the physicality show through. But we all know, look, the strength of this team, I would argue pretty clearly is the offensive line. And then if you would say, well, what's the second? I'd probably say the defensive line. And I'm including the Sam linebackers in that, the Hassan Reddicks of the world. I'm including them in the defensive line. Um, So, you know, I'm not as worried about the offensive and defensive lines. Not even that worried about running back, to be honest, other than is Miles Sanders ever going to turn into what people thought he was going to turn into? But you know he's going to be a good player. Uh, the question is how good, how how much improvement are you going to see from Kenny Gainwell? Are the Eagles going to have to go back to the crutch of Boston Scott? Those are questions, I guess, Jody. But they're not really concerns because you know they can do it. You know they have the the contingency plan in place, you know, the offensive line is so good. Jody McDonald could run for four yards of carry behind it. Let's Um, not, let's not get carried away. I think, uh, I think you could four yards. I got four yards. Miles was at 5.5. Wheels wheels ain't what they used to be. I, I I would go under four yard over under there, big guy. Obviously I'm exaggerating. We're not going to do it, but any NFL running back is going to be able to do it. And so that's part of the reason I'm not concerned about that. So the things you have to learn about are are the things you're able to work on. So I guess if you look at it that way, it's a positive. But, you know, Nick's on record saying it's all about player health and safety. Yada, yada, yada. Get to week one as healthy as possible. We're going to be here in training camp, hopefully, Jody. And we're going to say, you know, nobody's playing in the preseason games because they have to join practices. Uh, that's where all the veterans are going to get their work. And we said it last year with Jalen Hurts. I don't expect him to play one snap. I'm predicting right now. He didn't play last year. Why the heck would he play this year when he's somewhat proven? So, you know, we're going to show up week one in Detroit, similar to last year, not knowing what to fully expect would be my prediction. But Jalen Hurts will be playing in those all-important dual practices with the Browns and with the Dolphins, where the Eagles are expected to go undefeated since they did last year, four and zero in their dueling practices. Uh, yeah, we're we're still a ways away from that. And I was looking up today, John, about roster size because uh, ninety guys expected to be in. I is it eighty nine? Did the Eagles get up to ninety? I know they had an extra space. No, they're, and they, yeah, they're at 90 now, so they're at the full bore. Um, and if they bring somebody in, they'd have to release somebody now. Um, so they're at 90. You go down to 53, you have a 16-man practice squad. They locked that in, so we're keeping the pandemic so-called practice squad. Um, and you, you are allowed some veterans still on, on the practice squad, so that's helpful. Some injured reserve changes, uh, four games instead of three games. Number one, eight guys can return. Man, back in the day, you couldn't bring anybody back right. off injured reserve. Now you can bring eight guys. So um, a lot more 
sort of maneuverability for for GMs and and head coaches around the league when it comes to to rosters in the NFL. I don't know. Do you like that? Do you not like it? I'm kind of torn. Um, well, here's why I would say I would like it from an Eagle perspective. If I were an Eagle fan and uh, I were uh, analyzing my entire organization right now. If you think Howie Roseman is a good roster guy, if you think he's good around the margins, because that's what it is, because we're talking about 90 cut down to less because of the expanded practice squad, the ability to juggle and, and analyze and scout, self-scouting, do your own team, and have guys ready to step in. We're talking about, quote-unquote, the fringes, if you're talking about being able to go about if you think you've got a general manager, it's kind of it's only one year that we judge the relationship between the general manager and the coaches uh, in putting together the roster and maneuvering the roster. It's 90 percent on the GM, but the coach should, certainly should have uh, opinions and, and be involved in the conversation. If you think you've got a good GM and you think the GM and the coach has a good relationship, the more flexibility you can get your hands on, the better. And I would say that is one of Howie Roseman's strong suits, that he is a good around-the-margins kind of guy. And so far, so good between he and Sirianni. So, yeah, any extra flexibility that's built into the rules around the National Football League, I would believe that it behooves the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I would agree with that. We talk about loopholes all the time, whether they're salary cap loopholes, on-the-field loopholes. If you could take advantage of those situations, the Eagles are one of those teams that's kind of known – for taking advantage of, of those types of situations. So, you know, we've been talking about guys before James Bradbury came in, for instance. We talked a lot about Tate Gowan. He's a guy, you know, Eagles were able to pick up, and they've talked about Kerry Benson and all the corners uh, they were able, the young corners they were able to bring in. You know, who knows? Maybe one of them turns into a player down the road. That's what you're hoping for. Maybe we see the same thing at safety later in the summer. Still talking about that. What are the Eagles going to do? Are they going to stand pat? Um, June 1st is coming tomorrow. That's a big demarcation line in the NFL offseason. Uh, can make things a little bit easier when you're trying to pull off trades and things of that nature. Um so we're still going to be talking about Jesse Bates until Jesse Bates gets, you know, something done with Cincinnati, I would imagine. Um, so, yeah, there's still time. And Howie says it all the time. Talent gathering season, you know, continues really up to the trade deadline. Uh, but June, the regular season. June 1st, talk about it, changing rules in the NFL. June 1st isn't as big a date as it used to be. Because they now have the with June 1st designation for yeah. contracts and like used to be you had to wait till June 1st yeah. until June 1st came and went before you made a move that gave you cap flexibility, allowed you to cut a guy, spread it out over two years. Oh, you can do that in advance now. You can do it in like uh, February if you want. But you well, you can do it in February. You can do it in February, but what you had you do have to wait for the room. So I'll give you an example. You know, Brandon Brooks retired. It comes June 1st is when this money comes off. Uh, Fletcher Cox is probably a better example. Uh, when he redid his deal, like the Eagles knew the salary cap relief that they were going to get by redoing the deal was coming, but it wasn't coming to until June 1st. So it doesn't take into effect until June 1st. Um, 
now to use Bates as an example, I forget what the salary cap is, uh, what the franchise tag is for him. It's over eleven, 11 million dollars. I was good. It was eleven and change, high elevens. I think. Yeah, it's somewhere Bates somewhere in that range. Cap. I, I believe the Eagles don't have 11 plus million in salary cap space right now. So they will June 1st. So for instance, that's a deal that can't be done until after June 1st for this reason. Now, everyone correctly assumes that the Eagles were to make that sort of trade, they're going to redo the deal, which they are, but it, it for bookkeeping purposes, you have to fit him under your cap first under his franchise tag and then redo the deal. So could be five minutes, but you have to have that original space to make the deal. And obviously he would have to sign, you know, sign his franchise center. So he would count against that cap might be for two minutes, might be for one minute, might be for 60 seconds, but you need that space originally eagles don't have it uh today they will have it tomorrow so fair enough that uh, that's one of the reasons why june 1st is a key date you're talking about minutes i did see this this morning john and and it just made me laugh shame i probably should have known it ahead of time uh but in the last collective bargaining we've been talking about it in uh vague terms and the eagles are one of those teams that never come close to getting called on the carpet because they've overextended practices these practices right now used to be that uh it was a maximum of two hours for any off-season uh otas off-season training activities now it's even tiered that the first couple of days you're only allowed 90 minutes. The next couple of days you're allowed 105 minutes, which would be an hour and 45 minutes for those of you who are struggling with the conversion. I was. And then, yeah, the last couple of days you can get all the way up to two full hours of activities in. They have this defined down to the minute. Yeah, yeah. And this is, again, where the Eagles, Jody, are ahead of the curve. All right. They already been doing this, uh, you know, whether they knew it was coming uh, and they probably did, um, you know, and we joked about it last offseason about the length of the training camp practices. It's the way the league's going. You might as well get used to it. You might as well be ahead of the curve. You might as well get try to get the most out of the time allotted as humanly possible. And really, you know, I I've talked about this with veteran coaches a lot. A lot of veteran coaches uh, don't like it, you know, bang their head against the wall. And that's all fine and good. And I agree with them in, in, in general principle, but it doesn't matter. That's the rules. You got to, you, you got to do the best you can with what is given to you. You can complain about it afterwards and say, this stinks, blah, 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 whatever. And I'll agree with you, but I want somebody who's going to take advantage of, of what is available, not complain about what isn't available. And that's where I think the Eagles have been sort of ahead of the game. But yeah, I don't they, like it. <laughs> they had this pesky thing, uh, game days during the NFL, that they call like the rules there too. Play yeah. 60 minutes, exactly. can't jump off. There are rules in everything in life. So no matter how much you may or may not like the rules, it always pays to follow them and stay within them. So the Eagles are doing just that. 
yeah, I'm going to complain. You can complain. I'm going to complain loudly, even though I don't make it down for even grass time. But still, I know what the National Football League used to be. I think a little more work wouldn't hurt anybody. I know the reason why it is reduced because the owners grab and claw every single penny penny in every uh, collective bargaining agreement, and they got to give some oh, less practice players. And the players take it and uh, move on with it. But uh, I would like to see a little bit more work put in. It doesn't matter. The rules are in place. You got to follow them. The Eagles will follow the rules this week and not get overly taxed by the OTAs that they've got in place. But it's nice the Eagles get back out on the field. That's what Mac and I are going to be talking about uh, for the rest of the week. And we're going to have good guests jump aboard to give us extra insight on that, including starting next. John Stone is still doing some writing for Bleeding Green Nation, his podcast, Eye on the Enemy, a uh, good listen for all you Birds fans out there. John Stolness joins us next here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Tuesday edition of Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, talking about the birds on the field. Yeah, the birds are going to be on the field today for about 37 seconds. No, just kidding. Uh, not, not heavy work, but nice to get the birds back on the field. He'll talk about the Eagles, and we haven't had him on since the draft, and uh, we do want to get his take on the entire Howie Roseman offseason. John Stolness, uh, contributor for Bleeding Green Nation, and also uh, a podcast co-host for Eye on the Enemy. Uh, John, how's your summer going so far? It's going good so far. I mean, I'm a Phillies fan, too. So, I mean, that, you know, oh, just wish we had some live tough, sports yeah. that were interesting. But I think oh. that just gears us up for the birds, right? Yeah. It, it's funny, John, because I think the rest of the teams in Philadelphia have all gotten into a sort of conspiracy to make things easier for the Eagles yeah. because evidently they, cause they all want to, they not that it's help, hard for the know? Eagles yet, <laughs> right. but they make it easier. They somehow make it easier. So I agree with you it, and it's tough to get through. And that's why on-field work is exciting, even though it's not exciting. <laughs> uh, and the Eagles are, are not going to do team drills. So Nick Sirianni's already confirmed it's scaled back to seven on sevens, pretty mm-hmm. much only individual work. I, so I want to I want to get into and and we'll be there Friday reporters so we'll get to see some of it in, on Friday but to me this is list season and I've seen a lot of I don't know if they're interesting lists but call them what you want so I want to get your take on some of those and okay it, it starts with with uh, Pro Football Focus last week Jody and I talked about this a little bit they put their three best players for each team three best pure football players mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia Eagles. I want John Stolness's three best pure football players, not value position, not helping you when you, just who does their job the best. I, I it's funny. You mentioned this. I kind of did a list similar to this <laughs> a couple of weeks ago where I, I ranked the 10 best players in the NFC East. And I, I believe if I'm remembering it correctly, I had three Eagles on that list. Uh, I had Jordan Mylotta on that list. I had uh, A.J. Brown on that list, and I had Darius Slay on that list. And I I think all three of those guys, because it's so hard to compare positions, right? An offensive lineman does totally different things and is a totally different kind of player than a cornerback. And they're both totally different from the kind of skills a wide receiver has. So you're comparing different skill sets between all these different guys. And so Jordan Mailata just has that size and the natural freak athletic ability to be able to have never played football before and then come here and in a few years be able to play it at the highest level possible. And then you've got a guy like Brown who is a playmaking wide receiver. He's got such amazing body control that he can do so much across the middle of the field combined with toughness and good hands. And then you've got in Darius Slay, a guy who if you just look at strict coverability last year in single coverage was the best cornerback in the NFL at according to, to quarterback ratings. So those are my three. Those are the three that I had on the list. But I think you could make an argument that Lane Johnson should be on there. You could even still make an argument that Jason Kelsey should still be on, should be on there somewhere. There's there's a few guys you could you could make an argument for as as far as top three, because comparing positions is is difficult and tricky. Yeah, I think Pro Football Focus, correct me if I'm wrong, John, had Mylotta, uh Brown, and uh, Johnson were their yeah. three. So yeah. uh, you're right. Yeah. The, the Eagles, the fact that the Eagles have a couple of guys you can debate That's means the Eagles thing. are in pretty good, good yeah. position. That, yeah. uh, there are some teams where you go, 
really? I got to come up with a third? <laughs> you're, you're pushing me for three years? The Eagles yeah. have a couple of guys that you can actually put into that. Uh, John mentioned this in the first segment, strength of the Eagles being offensive line. And if Lane Johnson and Jordan Mylott are two or three, that kind of speaks to the offensive line. Um, they added even more, taking Jurgens in the draft here this uh, past draft, the, the eventual center taking over for Jason Kelsey, and who knows when we'll do this dance with Jason Kelsey for as many years as he wants to do it yeah. uh, to stick around and play. How good is the Eagles offensive line compared to everyone else in the National Football League? It's, can I've... you make the state can you make take a stance? They're the best. Top three, top five. How would you rank, rank the Eagles offensive line against the rest of the league? I would feel comfortable saying top five. Um, I think that, you know, the Cowboys offensive line is still really good, too. If they're healthy, it's a it's I think it's a real battle between those two. Um, but the key is the Cowboys offensive line being healthy. Now, the Eagles have had their share of injuries on the offensive line in recent seasons, too. Uh, last year was a pretty good year, with the exception of Brandon Brooks going down um, in the preseason. But. I think the Eagles certainly, I think, have a top five offensive line in the NFL. You you look at the tackle spots, which are just so hugely important with, with Johnson and Mylotta protecting Jalen Hurts on each side. And and Kelsey is still doing it, you know, at, at his age. He's still as mobile as ever, getting downfield, helping the run game. And uh, I think, uh, you know, at the guard position, they've got some good young talent there. They've got some promising guys. I, I think it's a it's a unit that with Jeff Stoutland as their coach, too, continues to improve. He's just incredible at getting these guys to get better on the at the NFL level, which is difficult. I mean, you often think about players when they come out of college that that's pretty much what they are. But Stoutland is a guy who really does develop NFL offensive linemen into guys who can be productive starters. So is Samalo there. And, you know, you've got Landon Dickerson, who just had a really solid rookie season at guard. I think it's a really good unit. And I, I think you could see, you could, you might be able to put them in the top three. I, I think top five is where I would have them right now. Yeah. In fact, you know, we were talking about lists. There was another list. I'll try to look it up in the break. I just saw last week that did have the Eagles number one uh, as far as offensive line, but you're right, John, there's always a couple teams, Cleveland, Still has a really good offensive line, even though J.C. Treader's still out there, and uh, you know maybe his status as the NFLPA president uh, president is affecting his uh, ability to be signed because he's still a top five center in this league. Mm -hmm. um, Tampa Bay, even though they lost uh, Alex Kappa and Ali Marpet, they were able to bring back bring in Shaq Mason, who might be yeah. better than both of them at guard. So they're still really good. So there's a few teams. Kansas City's really good as well. Baltimore, uh, especially if Ronnie Stanley comes back. Um, but the Eagles are firmly in that top five. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The one, you know, perhaps concern um, is right guard, um, which is going to be one of the few. And this is also a good sign in my mind. John, is the fact that as we head towards training camp, there's not going to be a ton of, of positional battles. You right. kind of know who's going to be where. That, to me, is a good thing. Right guard, though, you have Isaac Samalo trying to flip over. You have Jack Driscoll, um, who played very well. Both are injury-prone. Mm -hmm. If I had to pin you down and say who's going to win that right guard spot, is it going to be 
one of those two, or is it going to be a Cam Jurgens? Is it going to be a Tesla stock, a Suo yeah. Peta? Who's going to be starting right guard for the Eagles? You know, it's great that they have so much balance there, and uh, I, I think it's going to be Sam Alo if he can stay healthy. I, I think he's got so many years under Stoutland already. Uh, I think he, when he's healthy, plays pretty well. Uh, he's certainly not a, a weak link. I mean, I guess if you look at the how, how good the other guys on the offensive line, he probably is the weakest of the five, but he's a good player, I, and I, I don't see unless he really looks like he's lost a step somehow or um, there's some kind of other issue going on with him, I think he probably uh, is the leader in the clubhouse uh, to, to win the right guard job. Now, Jack Driscoll has shown when, that he's a very capable fill-in and could probably start um, in this league and, and probably will at some point start for the Eagles. But I think it's Sam Allah's job to lose right now. Agreed. I, uh, let me ask you about the safety position because – it's the one area that the Eagles haven't really brought in anybody from outside. Harry Roseman's had a real good offseason, acquiring free agents. Certainly the draft mm-hmm. worked out well. Even the undrafted free agents they signed, um, people said that they were one of the best at their position. So a lot, a lot of kudos for Harry Roseman. He's going with what he's got at safety, and that includes more playing time for Marcus Epps. Mm-hmm. Anthony Harris coming back to be Anthony Harris, which last year was <laughs> – okay at yeah. best uh i think everyone is just waiting for another shoe to drop and that the eagles will do something at safety to upgrade because how he's upgraded everywhere else you think that happens or do you think they are willing to go back to war with the uh, guys that they had in uh, at the safety position last year i think they're I think they actually do like what they have at, at safety. I mean, you heard a lot of conversation during the offseason about how much they liked all the young cornerbacks that they had. But their mm-hmm. actions will tell you exactly what, what they mean. And uh, I think so far, I mean, we've seen them. They, they have tried to upgrade the safety position. I mean, they had conversations with Tyron Matthew. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's clear that I think they, they would upgrade if the right opportunity came along. I don't think they want to pour the money into the position. Um, I feel like, you know, it's it's one of those things where they would figure out a way to bring another safety on if they really wanted to spend the money on it, if they didn't like Marcus Epps and if they didn't like what they had there in Anthony Harris. So I I think, on you know, now June 1st here is a big date on the NFL calendar. You know, you, it, once you get past the state, trades are a little bit more likely because you can spread some of the money around uh, into future years. And so that might you might start to see the safety market for the Eagles move a little bit if they do decide that they want to upgrade there. But I, I think... I also don't want to eliminate all young players, you know, from uh, from from this uh, from this defense. You know, they do have a fair amount of, of young guys that they drafted on the defensive line and a linebacker, but it's a very veteran group in the secondary. And I wouldn't mind seeing a guy like Marcus Epps get a shot and see what see what he can do, uh, especially if getting a safety is going to really hammer you with the cap. But we'll see what happens here with June first. Uh, you know coming around tomorrow and, and whether they decide to make a move. But I, I feel like they really do like Marcus Epps. I, I think they want to see if he can win the job. Uh, another young player um, I want to talk about, John, is, is Jalen Rager. For this reason, June 1st on field, but off the field, um, uh, Jalen went, uh, obviously, the NFL as a whole. Chip Gladney, who was a teammate of, of Jalen Rager, TCU, they were both first-round picks in, uh, I believe, 2020. Uh, yeah, 2020. Um, the tragically passed away in auto accident. Jalen was very close to him. I think people forget last year he missed the first, I think it was three or four days of training camp um, because one of his childhood friends died. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we always talk about the on the field stuff with Jalen Rager, but he's gone through a lot off the field as well. And all while he's trying to sort of save his NFL career here in Philadelphia, it doesn't look good from a depth chart standpoint. Um, we we look at obviously the top three, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Wes Watkins, um, Zach Pascal from there as a Nick Sirianni favorite. You still have Greg Ward. But this team does need a kick returner. It's not as important as it once was. Both both elements, punt returner, kick returner, Jalen was sort of the first um, option uh, for the team. Again, not necessarily successful. Is Jalen Rager going to be here at the start of, of training camp, John? Man, that is a great question. And I, because I don't think Jalen Rager can be the punt returner and kick returner last year. He really struggled in those roles. And I don't think that they should go into this season with somebody who's that unproven or has proven to be that shaky at doing that job. Um, again, with, with June 1st, I think it's a little bit easier for teams to maybe make a trade for Jalen Rager, who's still on his rookie contract, but as a first round pick, you know, then the money's a little bit, a little bit more than it would be if it was for a lower round pick. So you might see Rager move uh, in the next uh, few weeks and months, and especially if, if there's any receivers that go down on other teams, uh, they might come calling. I feel like you got to get something else at kick returner and punt returner because that's not a position you have to throw a lot of money at anyway. Um, so it wouldn't hurt the Eagles cap to go out and, and get somebody. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't know who's out there that they could go and get to return punts and kicks. And maybe there's an in-house option that, that we're not thinking of. But... Britain, Britain Kobe, John. Great, great punt returner at Utah, but he's also, you know, yeah. I think five eight, one hundred and sixty pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's not very Much, big. It's Jerry, Jeremy Bloom like, right? Remember yes. how excited we were about yes. Jeremy Bloom a while back? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I think they've, I think they have to do a little bit better there because you're right. Kick returns, it doesn't really matter all that much. Everything's a touchback nowadays, but punt returns are still a big deal. You need somebody back there you can depend on. That is a really hard job, and Jalen Rager just didn't appear to be very comfortable doing it last year. So, I, I tend to think he won't be on this team once training camp rolls around. All right, John. I want to ask you about the general mindset of this first true group gathering. Get some activities in, even if it's not real football. Um, where the Eagles collective mind is at coming off last year, the year before they had been four and 11 and one, um, not too many people picked them to make the playoffs last year. And they did winning record nine and seven before the JV played against the Cowboys. So I considered them a nine and seven, not a nine and 18 last year, but they did what they did. But then they got their clock cleaned by Tampa Bay in that first round playoff Mm -hmm. game. How good is the mindset of this team coming in? If you're looking to build off what you did last year, certainly more good than bad, but kind of a clunker of an ending, mm-hmm. is the overall mindset for this group, as many coming back as there are, in a good place, in your opinion? I think it is, because before the draft, before they made the trade for A.J. Brown, before they they went and added all these different players, and before they got Bradbury, the 22 team was looking a whole lot like the 21 team. And In that scenario, I don't know that they would have felt great about their chances in 2022, but they've added a ton of talent here in the last month or so, and they've really filled some holes. I think that they have increased the floor. Um, The level of competence in, in the secondary increased dramatically when they brought Bradbury aboard. And so you've got 
really two sure things at cornerback one, three short things, cornerback one, two, and three. You know, if Vontae Maddox is a quality slot corner, I think you feel really good about your pass defense as far as covering wide receivers is concerned. And really, safety is the only area on the defense that, like you said, there isn't going to be a big training camp battle. They actually invested in linebacker. They've invested in the defensive line. I think that could be a strength for them. And, you know, maybe now Jonathan Gannon has the tools at his disposal to do what he wanted to do, things he couldn't do last year. Offensively, I think getting A.J. Brown here really makes it a legitimate passing game now. You're not going to have Jalen Rager on the field for 60% of the offensive snaps or however many it was last year, which was entirely too many. You're not going to be relying on John Hightower to try and squeeze a square peg into a round hole and, and hoping that you find something. So, and, you know, with the running back situation, I still think they need another running back. Um, they haven't replaced Jordan Howard yet, but it's kind of easy to find a running back during the summer and once training camp rolls around. So, <clears throat> It all comes down to Jalen Hurts. Can Jalen Hurts do this? Can Jalen Hurts use all these new weapons at his disposal to make this a viable passing offense? You have got to have a viable passing offense in this league to be successful. And until he shows that, I don't think we know for a fact whether or not this team is going to be a top 10 team like Peter King seems to think that they are. But the potential is there and he's got the tools at his disposal. All the excuses are gone. And if you're an Eagle, if you're an Eagle in that locker room and you're looking around and you see what Howie Roseman did this off season, I think you have to feel good about your chances of being one of the favorites in the NFC East here. I, I think it's going to be a neck and neck battle with the Cowboys all season long, but I think you've at least outside the quarterback position. I think the Eagles roster is better than the Cowboys roster, but that quarterback position is so important and we'll see whether or not Hertz is up to the job. It is, and I agree with you, John. I, I said from 2 through 53 to me, it looks like the Eagles are the better team, at least on paper now, than the Dallas Cowboys. But, hey, quarterback one is what it is, arguably the most important position in sports. You might say starting pitcher on a particular day in baseball, but it's in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Jalen Hurts and – I'll continue with my list theme. You know, obviously, Chris Sims, a lot of people got upset about him last week. What was he, 25, Jody? Jalen Hurts? Yes. 25th. Mm. I think that was a little harsh of, of Chris Sims, but who cares? I did see Dan Orlovsky came out today. Mm -hmm. um, he listed his quarterbacks, as he described it, you win games because of right, right now. Mm -hmm. And the list was... 11 deep and obviously Jalen Hurts is not on that list shouldn't be on that list my question to you can he be on that list is the upside you mentioned the floor of this team being higher is the upside of Jalen Hurts the ability to make that Dan Orlovsky list somewhere down the line I would say I'm more pessimistic than optimistic that, that he can be that guy simply because we didn't see a guy in college who lit it up throwing the football. And so you come to the NFL level where it's more difficult for sure to throw the football. We haven't seen Jalen hurts be able to throw the ball over the middle of the field with, with any regularity or effectiveness. And so uh, I think we have to see that before, before we know that I think he had a very, I think he had a good season last year, um, but that came mostly because of his running ability. He had some games where he threw the ball really well. And there were glimpses last year when you would see him do some things where you could say, OK, the wheels are turning here. There, there, there is there is something there. But we also don't often see quarterbacks make a big leap 
uh, as a passer at the NFL level. I mean, Josh Allen is one, but Josh Allen was also a great thrower in college. And so, you know, he came to the NFL level and struggled, but then really worked at it and, and has turned into one of the best passing quarterbacks in the league. I don't know that I, we shouldn't expect Jalen Hurts to do anything like what Josh Allen did. We just need Jalen Hurts to be a competent thrower, somebody who can throw the football over the middle of the field and beat good defenses from time to time. And until that happens, I just I can't put him on that list. I, I think the odds are probably better not than they are good that he becomes one of those passing quarterbacks. But I, I think th- I think the ability is there. It's just it's whether or not he can unlock it. All right, John, I need you to handicap Eagle Nation for me because, you know, I uh, host shows here in town, talk to Eagle fans all the time. We'll do it all year again this year. Um, And I started back in 1990 when the quarterback was Randall Cunningham. Mm -hmm. And I compared Jalen Hurts to Randall Cunningham last week in that they both make amazing plays with their legs. Uh, Hurts had 10 rushing touchdowns this past year. Randall never had 10 rushing touchdowns in a given season. And I think people underestimate what that contribution meant to the Eagle offense last year. Yeah. If they're going to throw the ball more than they did last season. And everybody seems to believe that's the case. And if you believe the owner, that's the way you win in the National Football League. So that's why they paid Mr. Brown $25 million per. We're all assuming they're going to throw the football more this year. Which means they're going to run it less. And part of that running it less is Jalen Hurts running it less. If they do that. How much will subtracting what Jalen did with his legs last year actually hurt the Philadelphia Eagle offense? And will the fans even notice it? Because I know they noticed it when Randall did it. (laughs) But no no one talked about, you know, this guy's the second best running quarterback in the National Football League behind only uh, Lamar Jackson last year. It kind of went under the radar for me. Is it a bigger deal this year? I think if you want to beat the good teams, you've got to do it through the air. I think we saw that in the Buccaneers game. We saw that every good team they played last year, they were able to kind of contain <clears throat> Jalen Hurts' running ability. I think Jalen Hurts is still going to be really dangerous near the goal line if they do decide to be more of a passing offense. And that's that's where he really shines as a weapon, is inside the 10-yard line. You just don't know whether he's going to throw it or tuck it and run. And so in that case, I think I think you're you still have a really good, valuable weapon there and you're still teams are still going to have to game plan for Jalen Hurts as a runner too um so I think the addition of H.A. Brown just is so huge for 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 opening things up for this offense and I I don't think that Eagles fans will miss Jalen Hurts's running ability if he's targeting A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith is piling up 1200 yards of receiving you know receiving yards and you've got Quez Watkins as a number three receiver who's got 800 yards receiving and four or five touchdowns you know I think I think Eagles fans just want to see this team beat good teams. And I think when you do that, they don't really care whether it's Jalen Hurts running for 100 yards and two touchdowns or whether he's throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns. They'll take it however they can get it. And for the Eagles' sake and for the fans' sake, it's better if Jalen Hurts is able to do a little bit of both in 2022, which he just wasn't able to do really at all last year. Uh, John, last one from me. You can read John, obviously, at Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, listen to him. I on the Enemy podcast. He had a good one this week, actually. Yeah, I, I, I talked to, I hope, talk to somebody. I hope I didn't <laughs> drag you down too much, John. <laughs> it's a pleasure I, having you on. I was, I was on there, so everybody listened to that. Um, uh, let's end it on a pessimistic note. <laughs> Why not? Uh I think everyone looks at this team and rightfully so says, well, they're better than what they were last year. So 
last year was what it was. They mm-hmm. were a playoff team. You can say the schedule, but the schedule looks easy this year. Um, he, he, they were disappointing, obviously, in Tampa Bay. They should be better. They added A.J. Brown, Hassan Reddick, Jordan Davis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's all good. We know how this works out. We've seen Eagles teams hype before. You mentioned Peter King. This is a top 10 team. If they take a step back, mm-hmm. how does that happen, John? Besides the obvious of injuries, yeah. what 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 makes this team not reach its ceiling? Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. I, I really wish there was a better answer than that or a more detailed answer than that, but... Um... If Jalen Hurts struggles, then this team doesn't doesn't reach where they want to go. Or I guess I'll add one other thing. We still have no idea if Jonathan Gannon can coach a defense. Last year we, you know, they they were able to kind of mitigate points, but they allowed they allowed good quarterbacks to do whatever they wanted against that defense. Now, again, the schedule is very much in their favor. It's really hard to see how this Eagles team doesn't win at least nine games this year, given the schedule that they have. But that being said, if the defensive line doesn't perform the way we think it will. Uh, Brandy Graham comes back and he's just not effective and they're not getting to the quarterback. And if they, this hybrid scheme that Jonathan Gannon wants to run just takes a year for everybody to kind of get their feet under them. And it's a little bit of a, a mess that could be one of the ways you see this team really stumble. And the other is if Jalen hurts just doesn't improve throwing the football, but even last year when he wasn't throwing the football very well, they were still good enough to score points. So, I think we saw I think we saw Nick Sirianni be able to be flexible enough to change the offense around when his passing offense didn't work. And I think he would do that again if the same thing were to happen. Um, So I don't think it's likely that we see this team drop to six or seven wins. But if it happens, it's because Jonathan Gannon doesn't know what he's doing on defense and Jalen Hurts is struggling. One of the things I did like about Nick Sirianni in his first year was. When he needed to adjust, he adjusted. Yeah. They got off to the slow start. Everyone was worried. He came out, and at least within the team meetings, then we could evidence ourselves on Sundays, we've got to run the football. Right, right now, we're not throwing it well enough for varying reasons. But if we want to try and win, we got to run, even though we'd prefer our default setting is to throw it as many times <laughs> right. as we're throwing it. Right. The fault is in losing needs to change. And right. they did. They ran the football more. They won more. They ended up making the playoffs. So good on Sirianni and that he was willing to adjust. Yep. And we even saw it way back in camp. Johnny and I do the, did the shows last year when he was there every day. And John used to note, you know, the keep, the coach keeps going to a two tight end set. Even though they've said they want to get away from the two tight end set, they yeah. keep putting two tight ends out there. Why? because they might be the two best wide receivers on the team, right? Receivers on the right, team right. right now. I don't know how much he's going to use a two tight end set this year because Goddard is the man. There's no Zach Ertz here. Mm-hmm. But they're going to do it at times. And cross your fingers, uh, Goddard stays healthy all year long, but right. injuries happen to everybody. What do you think the pecking order is at backup tight end for the Eagles this year? If you want to call it TE2, TE3, the developmental tight ends and the like, how would you look at the Eagles' depth chart at tight end after Goddard if they need to have those guys step up and contribute? You know, it's it's funny. Yeah, with Zach Ertz uh, going to going to Arizona and actually having a really good season out there, I think kind of surprised everybody how productive he was out there. You know, I they've I think they really like Tyree Jackson. Um, 
I think if he hadn't gotten hurt last year, he he definitely would have seen some more uh, some, some more targets and he would have seen some more tight end sets. It's a shame Richard Rodgers isn't here. You know, we're pouring out for Richard Rodgers, who seemed to be a perennial Richard, uh, still tight here, end. Technically. Is he still here? Yeah, he's oh, yeah. Still here. Okay. Still here. Okay. Uh, All right. But I, he's, you know, he, he's behind the glass. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, they might, <laughs> right. they might have to, I think he's, you know, it's a sci-fi film. He's, they have yeah. these uh, tubes yeah. in the back. Yeah. Julian That's Vanderbilt right. That's is right. still back there. Uh, Richard yeah, Rogers he, is in that group. He, he's in some kind of formaldehyde jar yeah. uh, where they're just kind of waiting to, to break him out. Uh, you know, and Jack Stoll, I think, is actually number two on the depth chart in, in some places I've seen. But I, I yeah. think Tyree, yeah. if, if Tyree is healthy, I think he probably offers the most upside um, as the second tight end. And so it depends what Nick Sirianni wants to do with them, too, if he wants them to be passers or if he wants them to be run blockers mostly. But um, Tyree Jackson is the more interesting of the of the backup tight ends he'd be the guy that i would want to see the most in training camp and in the preseason games because if they're not going to play their their starters which it certainly doesn't sound like they're going to do um might see a lot of run from tyree jackson as, as tight end one he'd probably be my my choice to be the backup if if all things are being equal now i went and hiked your podcast and you get mcmullen on as a guest and now i have to question now we gotta get podcast. jody on now yeah that's right a- anytime but you've been yeah. good enough to come on with us anytime i can come on with you that's perfectly fine Wonderful. You'll get even less views if you put me on than you did McMullen. Uh, but we'll we'll give it a shot uh, if you want to go down that road. John, yes. we appreciate you coming down our road with us. We will certainly be getting you back uh, during the offseason when the Eagles are in a camp and we get a little closer to the regular season. Thanks for hopping on with us today. Sounds great, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. John I on the Enemy podcast, when did he put the request out for you to hop on with him? Uh, last week, uh, about all the upheaval in the scouting department, which, which by the way, we should have, uh, some clarification. I would think probably early in the month of June, Brandon Hunt, which I'd mentioned on John's podcast is probably going to get the job. Then he got the job. Uh, so he's going to be in, he's going to be, um, and a high profile situation. Also, I got big news for the Jacob media network. I want to mention that, uh, Jody jacobsports.com live. So everyone can go there. Not only are you going to be able to listen to the shows, you can still go to YouTube, obviously youtube.com backslash Jacob sports, but here, Hey, it's simple bookmark at jacobsports.com. You have all the shows right there. Uh, Birds 365 Sports Take National Football Show, all the specials. Uh, you can sign up when we do our giveaways during the season. Uh, you're going to have to sign up, so you might as well get it done um, for the email list. And, and we give away jerseys, tickets, all that good stuff that Joe Krause always always hands out. And you get to read Krause my stuff, loves too. to give away those jerseys. Loves to give away He stuff. loves to give away loves those it. jerseys. Loves it. Um you know, stories on, on Jalen Rager's I mentioned going through a difficult time again. I, I feel for him. Boston's got um, some of the scouting moves uh, on and on and on. JacobSports.com. And in addition to easy access to all the Jacob Media shows and, and the like, uh, you, you will be uh, writing that much more frequently on the website 
who else you're bringing in with you? Who, who who's going to be lending? Well, you we're going to have hands? we're we're going to have Damo's uh, uh, stat package every every week during the season. We had that at Philly Mag last season. We're taking it in house. It's going to be at JacobSports.com, and it's going to slowly grow and grow and grow. And we're going to have more news as we get closer to the regular season. We're a hundred days away, Jody. So we're prepping. We're getting ready. Uh, hundred days away from from the start of the NFL season, uh, JacobSports.com uh, bookmark it. Bookmark it. Birds three sixty five every morning, and you know the Phillies aren't doing well, so you gotta you gotta listen to Eagles talk. Yeah, we're ready to jump yeah. in with both feet with the Eagles. Cause you got to deal with that on WIP. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. I dealt with it last night. I'll deal with it again tonight. Uh, hey, Phillies get a win tonight. No idea whether Philly's going to win. Wouldn't it be ironic if Joe Girardi goes with Gabe Kapler in town? Oh, uh, that's – I said it on my CBS show on Sunday. If they are swept by the Giants, after they had lost Sunday night to the Mets, found a new way to lose. Oh, then they recreated it again last night with the Giants. Um, if he gets swept out by Kapler, I don't see how he survives this week, J-Mac. I, I really think there's a potential managerial change before the week comes and goes. All right, uh, we're not changing anything. Other than our second guest, we'll punch up Chris Franklin from NJGut.com in hour number two. He's Mac. I'm Mac. You got Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. Ah! So go to right, go to left, fake them out. Mama, go up, oh, mama! She
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. fans on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald uh, here on a day after a lengthy holiday weekend where everybody is getting back to work, including the Philadelphia Eagles with OTA action here. Uh, John just gave you a countdown. I, I needed to double check. I, I said, is my math this bad? Maybe you were just rounding out off. Uh, 103 days. To 103. The- now, yes. I, I, is that... I, I just saw it on Twitter, so I didn't do the home. Somebody tweeted it's 100 days. Not from the Eagles. Thursday no, night. The Eagles. Uh, yeah, from for the NFL start of the season. I should say right. NFL start. It, it, this is one where, damn, I stink at math, but I can do this because we're at the 30th. 30 days in June, 31 in July, 31 in August. That's 92, and the Eagles play on September 11th. That's 103. Yeah. I ate. So that's the Thursday night game. 100 days from the Thursday night NFL. There you go. That, that's there where you go. came up with the 100. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking the Eagles. Since they don't play in that Thursday night game, 103 days till the first Eagle game this year, which means we're getting – we're almost in the double digits. A couple more days by the end of the week, we'll be down to double-digit days until the season gets ready. And with the Eagles in OTAs this week, one thing you got to – I know it just seems like we're bending over backwards to give Howie Roseman credit, but sorry if he earned it, he earned it. Um, One thing the Philadelphia Eagles will not be dealing with that a lot of teams, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but enough teams around the National Football League are, is there'll be no quote-unquote holdouts, even though this is optional training activities. The O could be uh, used differently, but uh, with the Eagles, they do not have mandatory sessions. They've decided to keep it optional, but they expect a very good turnout for this. And we know nobody's not showing up because they've got contractual issues. All the Eagles are on board. Everybody is good with what they're earning this year. There isn't a guy who desperately wants to get his contract renegotiated and is put off because of it. There's nobody on a uh, a tender right now that doesn't want to be tendered uh, and is threatening on holding out like a Jesse Bates in Cincinnati. Um, The Eagles are pretty good at managing this stuff in previous years, but the fact that they have absolutely no one, John, that is not content with their contract coming into their first official workout means should be pretty smooth sailing for Nick Sirianni. Yeah, it should be. I mean, that's one thing Nick was able to do as a rookie head coach. And, you know, some might say it was a necessity uh, because and and you had more hurdles last year because of the pandemic and still uh, that that throws of that and the protocols from that standpoint uh, made things a little bit more difficult. There were still I mentioned J.C. Treader earlier in the show. There were still haggling with the NFLPA and 
safety issues and protocols and all that kind of thing. So in a lot of ways last year, it was more of a necessity, but I do think Nick kind of entrenched himself as that, uh, for lack of a better term, the players coach, players like coach, um, who's going to listen to the players, going to um, pay attention to some of their needs. At least certainly that's how it's going to be spun. And they like the way things went last year. So even though they don't have to worry about the protocols, they said, well, let's just do the same thing again and scrap mini camp. And, you know, I think it's worth saying, I, I don't think it matters. You you know me, Jody. I, I don't think it matters. Um, certainly for veteran players at all. Um, I do think it's valuable for young players and rookie players just from a comfort situation. You know, getting to know the facility, getting to know the city, more time together with your teammates ingratiating yourself in the building, getting to learn people, just getting more comfortable. Anybody who's ever started a job knows those first couple of days, that's not the most comfortable feeling in the world. You know, you don't know anybody. You're kind of thrown out in the middle and, hey, figure it out and all that kind of stuff. And then as you go on, you get more comfortable and it becomes second nature. So I think all of that is real life stuff that not a lot of people think of. But I do think it's worth saying there's 32 teams in this league, right? 30 of them are having mandatory minicamps. Two aren't. And one of them's the Cincinnati Bengals. And Cincinnati Bengals, yeah, you can talk about the cheapness. But I don't think it's the cheapness as much as they are coming off the longest season in NFL history. In NFL history, because obviously it was the first 17-game uh, season Plus, they were a wild card team that made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So they played as much football as you can possibly play. Uh, and nobody else has played all that. So they think, you know, that was very taxing on, on the players and the roster and all that kind of stuff. So even that, it makes a little bit more sense from Cincinnati's standpoint. So the Eagles are kind of out by themselves as being the one team saying, yeah, we don't need it. And I don't think they do need it. And I think they're ahead of the curve, as we mentioned a little bit when we talked about the length of practices and they scaled back a little bit earlier. Now you're forced to scale back. Uh, they were ahead of the curve. They'll probably be ahead of the curve now. But if what we were talking about with John Stolnish, uh, uh, Jody, and they underachieve, all this stuff is going to be brought up. And that's going to be brought up. It, it's going to be brought up. Right. Um, you mentioned Cincinnati being the other team that's not mandatory. Uh, I, I, I don't know why I'm defending the Cincinnati Bank. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, they won their division last year, so they weren't a wild card. They played wild card weekend. And with the new... Uh, yes, I'm online, sorry. You're right. You're right. There's a whole bunch of teams yeah. that have to play wild card. Longest, we got a lot of yes. divisional winners have to play wild card. they changed it, yes. The longest, 
but they played as much football as you could possibly play longest season. That right. that's the bigger part. But you're correct. Yes. Rams and Bengals both yeah. played as many games as they did last year, which is more than anybody's ever played before. You're right. Um, let me ask about a veteran eagle guy who may or may not be there today or tomorrow or the day after, because you correctly pointed out uh, the Eagles are uh, certainly considerate of their veteran guys. Training camp, they don't push them, don't make them work out. If you've been here, uh, then they're going to cut your slack because you're a quote unquote a veteran. A uh, guy who certainly falls into that category is Fletcher Cox. And oh, by the way, I'm old school, maybe old school to a fault. I'd like to see Fletcher getting a couple drills next to Jordan Davis because they're going to be playing together for the first time this year. Don't know how Gannon's going to use that defensive line uh, maneuvering with the guys, how often Fletcher and he are going to be on the field together. But there'll be some, so I'd like to see him get a jump start on it. Um, I don't know how much Fletcher is going to participate this week, as a matter of fact. And if there's one guy on the team, I just gave Howie Roseman credit for the fact that at least as we hope, no one on this team is unhappy with their contract situation. That everyone, there's not a guy who's uh, desperate to get a contract. They're talking about maybe extending him at this time. Um, nobody, uh, I think, that's blatantly uh, not happy with uh, their standard, their, their slot with the Philadelphia Eagles. But they did change Fletcher's status this year. Released him, took a cap hit before it, even more so after June 1st. And then re-sign him to a one-year $14 million deal. Now, I would only hope that someone would sign me to a $14 million deal. <laughs> but uh, still, uh, Fletcher has never been on a contract before where it's one and done. That the end of the road is there and you can see it. It's not a bad little road to be going down, but it is just one more year. Um, Fletcher Cox's attitude coming into this camp. Good. Okay. Tentative. Maybe an unknown chip on his shoulder goes both ways. Sometimes a guy comes in one year deal, kind of a prove it type thing. Does he want to continue playing thereafter? Major motivation. You get the absolute best out of him. Out of him. Some guys play distracted. Some guys get ticked off. What do you think Fletcher Cox attitude is as the OTA start this year for 2022? Well, I think we broke some news there that you're not holding out for 14 million uh, for for WIP on the potential yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, I would, I would, one. I'm I'm going to fight for you. Jody deserves 14 million, so I'm going to fight for you. Um, but as far as Fletcher goes, you know, one thing, Jody, I was a little bit surprised at um, is when all this happened and. You know, they were coming to this deadline and said, well, we can't give you this money. You know, they had the deadline for uh, paying the the large stipend. They said, uh, time's run out. we got to release you. And at that point, I expected Fletcher to at least look around and say, well, what else is out there? I mean, he didn't. So that kind of tells me he wanted to be back with the Eagles. Um and they just needed sort of more time to work this thing out. Let, let, and, me, let me let me interrupt here because you would know this uh, better than I would. You say they didn't look around. I believe they did look around. Uh, any agent well, it was worth real his, quick. I will say that. I mean, true, but any agent worth his salt knows that the Eagles cap situation was what it was, and that was at least a possibility. And the good agent you could pick up the phone. Listen, off the record here, my guy's still on a contract to the Eagles. Blah blah. If he hits the open market, how much interest would you have? 
I'm sure, and uh, not every team is going to tip their hand and give them the exact answer that they want, but they respond to good agents' telephone calls. I don't think they just blindly made that decision. I'm sure that his agent did the the behind-the-scenes work. Maybe they didn't hear what they wanted to hear, and he knew what the Eagles' offer was going to be, and $14 that's pretty damn good. Maybe we just snack this thing right up. Is there a chance that that's the way – uh, the whole yeah, I mean, there's there's a possibility that the Eagles said, "All right, we're going to release you," and we got this 14 million, you know, stipulated, and they might have gave him a time frame, you know, but you got to make your decision in 48 hours, whatever it turned out to be. Maybe it went down like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than the timing, more than how it went down, it was that it went down that way, and Fletcher was okay with it. So. In a lot of these cases, I talk about it all the time, guys are willing to take pay cuts, but not from their team that they were entrenched with. Uh, There seems to be a bit of, uh, you know, pride, whatever you want to call it, says, you know, I did all this for this particular team. And in Fletcher's case, for people that don't know, this is one of the best defensive players in Eagles history, in Eagles history. Um, he's done a lot for this particular team. And a lot of times there is that pride and you're saying, well, I'll go play for insert name, you know, Green Bay, Kansas City. I'll go pay, play for them for 10 million. I'm not playing for 10 million for the Eagles. In this case, you know, that number's pretty big, 14, as you mentioned, it's still pretty big. So maybe it's just nobody else wanted to go there. And the Eagles did. But either way, however, it, it kind of shook out. I don't think he's upset. I think he knew the landscape. He knew he wasn't getting paid. He knew something had to be done. And he's still getting paid a lot of money. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal for Fletcher Cox. But there are some other guys. You mentioned the Eagles. You know, Miles Sanders is in a contract year. Javon Hargrave in a contract year they say all the right things but they want extensions you know and 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 those things could sort of manifest itself especially in the case of Javon because I look at Javon and Fletcher Cox one of them's going to be here next year one of them isn't so let's see how that shakes out fair enough uh, but saying the right things is good actually acting upon it is another because there are a bunch of players around the national football league that aren't going to be in OTAs this week. Even if you're saying, right, you show up, that's showing up. There are guys that aren't going to show up. Guess what? Aaron Donald is not coming to the Rams camp this week. No. And And Aaron Rodgers is only arguably the best football player in the national football league. And he's playing for a champion and he's not showing up. By the way, you know, I joke about 14 million. What if, if somebody's giving you fifty million? You can't show up to OTAs. I mean, I got it. I got to get that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers needs it. I don't think he he had, it's going to do anything for him. But I think it would do a lot for the young players in Green Bay that the quarterback showed up. And maybe if I give you fifty billion dollars, you should stick and show up. But that's me. All right. Well, and the other guy's not showing up this week. Supposedly, is Brady. Uh, but uh, same thing. Yeah. Show up, Tom. 
But then again, the Bucks pay him less than Fox is going to pay him to do games going forward. So maybe Brady actually does have a little bit of an issue to uh, work out between he and Tampa. But you're right about Rodgers. Come on. Uh, it's just because that's his now modus operandi. I, I, workouts, I don't need to work. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I don't need to work out. But, yeah, the Eagles have none of these guys. None of the players, whether they actually do off the record, uh, have an issue that they would have liked to, they would have preferred to get a contract extension done. Um, none of them have spoken out about it. Uh, I assume that they're all going to show up. Don't know how much work. A, a Hargrave has now gotten to the point where you would actually consider him a veteran. Sorry, Miles, you're still on that rookie contract, uh, which means you can't be if you're considered a veteran. Not my eyes, maybe in other people's eyes. Um, but I'm I'm really interested to see how many uh, days Fletcher shows up and what they do with him because he's the only one on this team that I can make for a guy that may have an issue with it. Again, well, he 14... hasn't talked to us. I mentioned that, you know, Fletcher's one of the guys that always talks to us and he hasn't talked to us yet this off season. And we've been doing one day a week. So we're through three days. We've talked to a lot of players and we haven't gotten to Fletcher Cox. And typically Fletcher Cox would have been on day one. He would have been one of those immediate guys. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's something to keep an eye on. I think the fact that he's here and he agreed to $14 million, I think everything's going to be fine, but you never know. You never know with money and, and pride and ego. Um, and that's why I say with Miles Sanders and Javon Hargrave, same thing. You can say all the things, and Javon's here, and Javon's understated, and he talked to us, and he's used to it. He went through a contract deal with Pittsburgh, and he got a big deal with the Eagles. Um, he thinks things will work out, but it's always on your mind. You know, he knows he has to perform really, really well this season. Right. Cause he got off to a great start last year with plenty of sacks in the first four or five games. And then the sack slowed down and he did not rate all that well as a defensive run stopper, which means, uh, he's probably going to be playing less on first down than he was last year with the addition of Jordan Davis. And you're right, much like Fletcher Cox, he's on a contract year. Uh, so the Eagles' defensive tackle situation, while both of the guys are are uh, very good players and highly ranked and thought of players, they're both kind of singing for their supper this year, which, uh, again, can cut either way. Either the guys are distracted and or a little ticked off, or they're hungry and they're out to make a point with a chip on their shoulder. Is Jonathan Gannon going to be able to play that game, get inside his uh, defensive players' heads and keep them uh, on the motivated swing more than anything else? Yeah, you never know how players are going to look at it because, you know, you, you, you know, if you have guys who look at the depth chart um, and say, well, Jordan Davis is here and Milt Williams is here, they're, guess what? They're going to be here next year. And then you start saying, well – you know, Javon Hargrave needs a new contract. We have to go year to year with with Fletcher at 14. Javon's at 13. How much money can you play? pay the defensive tackle position? If people start looking at it that way, and agents certainly do, they, should, they say, well, you know, they're going to move on. Just what I said. They're going to move on from one of them. Um, and they're both aware of it. On paper, it looks that way. 
And if, oh, by the way, Fletcher is that guy, I think John correctly positioned Fred Fletcher in not only where he stands with this team, but in Eagle history. He's been a dynamite contributor at the defensive tackle for years now here in Philadelphia, including a big-time contribution for the world championship back in 2017. If they move on from Fletcher Cox this season, again, kudos to Howie Roseman. He did do the cap maneuvering and cap crunching that when I shouldn't, I shouldn't say when I say, if, if Fletcher moves on after this season, no future money loss for the Eagles. The Eagles like to do those push the debt into the future type deals to get certain things done. And they oftentimes have a big dead cop salary uh, hit number. It'll be zero with Fletcher Cox because he is on just a one-year contract this year. They've already taken the dead money hit uh, with the uh, ending Fletcher Cox's contract last year. So uh, that does put him in a very good flexibility position going forward into 2023. All right, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We'll take a quick timeout, and then we'll be joined by one of our faves, one of the best who cover the Eagles on a day-in, day-out basis. He does it for NJ.com. Chris Franklin's going to jump aboard Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the odds go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. 
United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Have a nice shortened week, everybody. Yeah, no five day, only four this week. Hope you enjoyed your entire Memorial Day weekend. Uh, glad to be back on Birds 365 for you. When we go away for three days, it seems like damn, gotta get back to work. We're not paying enough attention to the Eagles. We are today. Uh, John and I have already been talking about them. We bring in a third expert to talk Eagles football with us. He does it for NJ.com. He's our buddy, Chris Franklin. And I got to be honest with you. He's got the microphone in front of his neck. I thought he had a tie on. I was going to go, wait a minute. I know we're back to work, but Franklin's wearing a tie. Yeah. We wear T-shirts on a day-in, day-out basis. Why the hell are you so dressed up? Well, well, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to be ca- you gotta be chic, you know, to be on per- period. Uh, yeah. I got to make sure I was ready for this and momentous occasion. So I'm, I had to be ready for the occasion. Formal. Formal well. <laughs> It's that tie slash microphone, which is going to be on Amazon. Uh, as pending $24.99. It can be yours yeah. today. Aren't Very you? nice. By the way, <laughs> o- over your right shoulder, Chris, we got, uh, I assume you're in the NJ.com newsroom. We got, is that Miles Sanders uh, and Brandon Brooks? That's the uh, LaShawn McCoy, the snow game. Uh, oh, photographer Tim Hawk took the shot. In All the, I uh, saw was, tw- I thought I saw 26 and 79, so I can't mm-hmm. see it that well. So it's no, Todd Mer- Harriman's and uh, and Shady McCoy. All right. Yep, yep, from the snow game. Yeah, Tim Hawk was our great, one of our great photographers here. He took that and they blew it up when they first opened this building. And I figured, you know, why not go on the other side of the building today just to try some See, I was, thinking, I, I, I was like thinking it. current Eagles. Yeah, but that's even better. That's uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk it about the current Eagles, Chris, and um, on-field OTAs. Exciting. They start today. We're not going to be in there till later in the week. Uh, but you mentioned some things about uh, this time of year. What what particularly do you want to see out of the Eagles, or what do you find interesting about these OTAs? Number one, the scale back. No team drills. It's all seven on seven. Are we getting closer to flag football seven on seven? I would, you know what? The way the, the referees and everything else are calling it, I thought we were already there. Just, you know, <laughs> you just had the pads and the helmets, but I'm really looking forward to this actually when it comes, especially to seven on seven, because I think, especially with this team, I think two of the things that they had to worry about last year was the passing offense and then the secondary. And when you look at this now, you got them going head to head and they're much improved. I mean, you have AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, and Quez Watkins going against James Bradbury, Avante Maddox, and a Darius Slay. I mean, that's everyday practice. I'm really looking forward to seeing that, and I'm looking to see how much Jalen Hurts improved with his, like, see what things he tweaked. And so, I'm I'm really looking forward to seven to seven. I know it's it's not the traditional side, but hey, let the linemen work their things out on the other side of the field. I want to see those pass those those passing aspects of the game. Now right, we've been going for yucks here, so I'm going to go for a couple more. Um, when you <laughs> get in there for OTAs on Friday, positioning is key. Who is the guy that you want to make sure you're nowhere near? 
that <laughs> you want to be positioned somewhere. He's either too loud or he's always got the phone going or uh, he's talking to somebody else. <laughs> Who do you want to stay away from? Probably. You go in, you let him get his spot, and you go exactly the opposite direction. Who's Chris, that guy uh, I'm, I'm going to help Chris with this one. He already <laughs> got rid of him with Mike K. Now, oh, no, no. no, no, no. no, no, no. I miss my role by my tag team partner. Yeah. No, nah, but uh, when, when overall, it depends on what move Fletcher Cox is in. Because if he's no, no, I'm talking other media guys. No, not yeah, one he of wants these. you to rip. He you wants know, you to you rip. Got, you got uh, another guy on blast on Eagle Beat. That's why I know. I know exactly. You can, you can beg off if you want and say, Jody, it, 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 I, I know. I, it's you, guy who sits to the left of you, Chris. Uh, I media. will not confirm nor deny that, but also I think it's the guy who sits in my seat. I think it's the guy who sits in my seat mainly. I think uh, that Chris Franklin guy, you know, he's annoying. Sometimes he sits around you. He's like, why is he mumbling so much? What are you trying to project, Chris? Project, but yeah, that's that guy. That's the guy I don't like. It. He, he's he's yeah, annoying. Chris is too him. nice of a guy uh, <laughs> to, to rip, but there's plenty. There's plenty to choose. From. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, I was kidding. Nah, everybody, nah, everybody's been real chill. I, I lucked out since I've been here. I, I've lucked out so. I, I, I've been on the, as an outsider looking in at first. I was like, uh, "What am I getting myself into?" But at, when you start to get to know people, like, "Oh wow, they're not that bad." But for for, for parents' <laughs> sake, you know, parents' sake, you know, no, we're tough. We're not, no, no, you, you can't yeah. mess with us. Philly media, what? All right, I tried to get you to beat up on one of your brethren. You won't do it. You got too much class. So let's get Ooh. the guys on the field. Jalen hurts for Jalen. The last month, six weeks, thereabouts. It's actually been okay because as soon as the season ended and the Eagles didn't advance in the playoffs, everyone started with, oh, the quarterback's not good. we got to get a better quarterback. Uh, let's talk about making a trade for a big-time quarterback. When the Eagles have done what they've done during this offseason, it's kind of taken uh, Jalen off the front burner and put him on the back burner because the Eagles have done a nice job uh, growing their roster and getting better at several different positions. Will he jump directly right back to not only the front burner, but front and center on the stage starting this week because we all know the importance of the quarterback position? Does it become all about Jalen Hurts again this week? I think so. He's going to have the biggest – He's basically the microscope's going to be on him the whole entire time, I think, because you'll have the, you have the nice, shiny new pieces around him. You have the offense. You have everything else and some, some new things. But when you look overall, it's always going to come back to the quarterback. It's – especially for a year where everybody's basically putting on him saying, Hey, this team has the pieces. Now they have to go make a decent run in the playoffs, not Super Bowl wise, but make a, at least win a playoff game. And to do that, you have to start with the quarterback position and with Hertz, all the questions surrounding him, uh, all, all the scrutiny that's going to be on. I think everything is going to be on him when it comes to this. So it's going to ramp up. I think immediately. And I know it's going to happen. The first overthrow. Oh my goodness. He's on the first perfect pass. Oh my God. He's the one who's there. It's, it's going to be actually, it's, it's a steady, instead of it being like from snap to snap, you just basically have to look overall for, for the whole entire training camp. But it's, I have a feeling it's going to be that way. You're going to hear a lot of, hey, he's a, he looks amazing. He, he's the top, he's a top three quarterback to, oh my goodness, why is this guy in here? It's going to be, I think it's going to be one of those off seasons. Do you think it's fair, uh, Chris, in the fact that I think people look at this team and say, now after the offseason additions that they have everything in place if Jalen Hurts uh, performs to the level um, that he should this should be a a a not only a playoff team but a team that 
can make a significant run. Do you think people are underrating uh, Jalen Hurts and overrating number two through 53 on the roster? Or you think it's fair? You think it's, you know, as Jalen Hurts, if he if he performs well, this is going to be a really good football team. I think it's I think that's a fair assessment. I think when you look at everything, I know and when I look at this offense and you have a running game, it's established you have that running game that it was finished number one overall last year. You have that in place. You look at AJ Brown, who you can stretch the field with and opens up so much other space. Now you just need the guy to basically choreograph that and make sure you just put the ball in a position to do so. And that's where I think it all, it really does all come down to Jalen hurts. And it's, I mean, we've heard so many times when you look at this, when you hear this guy and he says, you know what, he he says the right things. You see the potential on him at times when he makes some of these plays and you just hope that that experience that he's gathered over this off season, the experience of playing, starting those games, you just hope that he basically does something with that because if, if he really does, I think if he improves himself, 4,600, I think 4,600 total yards is the way to look at when you look at 4,000 passing, 600 yards rushing, because you will want that passing office to throw a little bit more. I think that's a good number. If he achieves that, I think this team wins at least a round in the playoffs. I really do. If he doesn't, if he falls somewhere short, I'm not talking about, oh, 45, 5, 9. No, Chris, you're wrong. No, but if he goes somewhere around the same type of output that he had last year, then that's why I think you start to see the questions more and we start talking about, hey, are they going to trade those two first-round draft picks for another quarterback? All right, Chris, will we be able to dodge something that is I've had to deal with for the last five, six, seven, eight years doing shows on WIP before Birds 365? The overstatement of Eagle wide receivers, and sometimes it's to blame you guys who cover the team, uh, yeah, the Eagle fans who get a short peek at preseason practices, the few, the proud, the limited. Uh, but every year there seems to be a guy who people overestimate because of what he does in shorts and the T-shirts. Oh, the great routes that he's running, the hands that he's showing. And then we find out Nelson Aguilar is still Nelson Aguilar and that Jalen Rager is Jalen Rager and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside when the games start. There's always a guy that is getting too much buzz prior to the season starting and then he disappoints during the season. I don't see that guy on the roster this year. Does A.J. Brown take that all away? Because we know what A.J. Brown can do. He's done it elsewhere, and he's just bringing that resume to Philadelphia. Or are we going to be talking about Brian Covey or Carrick uh, Wheatfall? Is there going to be a guy this year that is – Completely overrated because of what he sh- shows in uh, activities rather than just practices, which start today. Will there be an eagle wide receiver who fills that void? I think it's you, you mentioned one of them. I think Britton Covey's one, and I also think Devin Allen's going to be the other one because everybody's because Allen, especially with the whole Olympic thing, everybody's going to be watching him a lot, and everybody's going to see the speed and go, "Oh my goodness, this guy has to get there!" And then he's going to make one catch. He's going to make one guy miss, and he's going to blow up. Oh my goodness, the Eagles found their new th- third wide receiver. Get rid of Quez. <laughs> get rid of uh, Zach Pascal. Get all rid of all these guys. I think we're going to see that, and then it's going to come back down to earth a little bit. And oh no, we always knew all along that it was Quez, you know. And it was always it's, it's going to be that natural. I think there's always going to be there's going to be one guy. I think I really think Kobe's going to be that guy this year. Just looking at the way that. He played when he was at Utah. I like the way that he catches the ball. I like the way that he can make people miss. I like the way he works in space. So, I myself, I know I'm probably going to have to be the one that has to pump the brakes on that guy. But I think a little. I mean, there's going to be, I think, going to be a couple guys you'll see, and then 
when you start to see the preseason game, everybody's going to look at that Miami Dolphins game, the one that's going to not going to mean anything at the toward the end because it's the third. I, I think you'll start to see it really reach a fever pitch around there. I think Chris, whoever the third receiver is going to be, and I think it's going to be Quez. Um, I think it's going to be a disappointment for this reason. You know, you got to get the football to AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I I can't worry about my third receiver when I have those three guys. And by the way, add Kenny Gainwell in as the third round, third down back in the hurry up back. who can catch the football really well. Yeah, we always we talked about it with Doug before Nick got here. We talk about it with Nick all the time. When you game plan in the passing part of it, you generally game plan for two players first and foremost. For Doug, it was it was always all shot Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. For for Nick, it it was uh, Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. Um, now it's got to be AJ Brown and whomever, but. You know, that means there's less touches for the guys that ball down. And ball. One of my favorite Doug uh, explanations were Mac Hollins. People would ask, why, don't, why, why can't Mac Hollins touch a football? What, what, if you game plan for Mac, Mac Hollins, you'd, you'd, you'd fire the coach, right? When you have other, other players. Um, can Quez Watkins live up to the hype because he's not going to get the opportunity to live up to hype? Is I guess my question. I think it can't. I think, I think whoever fills that third role, I think Quez has it. I agree with. You. I think Quez has it. But I think whoever has a third role has a chance to have probably some of the more impactful snaps or and deep shots. I think overall, because I think when you look at way the defensive corners, you're right. They're going to start looking at AJ Brown. They're going to start looking at Smith. They're going to start looking at Goddard. Okay, well you're going to have a one on one matchup with probably a safety. And if you get lucky, sometimes maybe a linebacker that has to run over and go, oh, no, and you got to run out to the slot real quick. So I think especially if Quez, oh, we all know he can run that nine route, that, that, that deep route. We know he can run those little skinny posts and everything else. If Quez shows that he's refined in the middle of there, you don't need to throw him out. Think, you don't need to make sure, oh, we got to make sure you get 10 targets to Quez Watkins. If you just get one or two and take a shot at a game, and I think defense are going to have to respect that. And if you get one-on-ones with them, you got you got to go with it. So I think it's not going to be so much as a, when it comes to numerical targets. I think when you look at the overall deep shots they're going to have with with him on the inside and slotting as a safety, I think that's where you can take advantage of him a lot. Chris, I got a cross-training question for you, and it's something John and I discussed probably with you too when you upped on with us last year, and I kind of complained about it. Kenneth Gainwell not being lined up as a wide receiver. That's one thing to come out of the backfield and um, uh, catch a pass uh, coming out from behind the quarterback. There's no one actually lining up as a wide receiver, slot, outside, wherever. Um, And the Eagles didn't do any of that last year. or It was so infrequent that you didn't even notice it. I get it. He was a rookie. And they didn't want to put too much on his plate. They didn't want to ask too much of him. uh, Making the transition to the NFL is enough. Now you want him to make a transition to the wide receiver. This year... It's year two. It shouldn't be too much to ask of him, but there's less of a need because you went out and got A.J. Brown. How much cross-training did they do with Kenneth Gainwell lining up as a wide receiver? I still think we'll see it. I think when you look at what you have on the running back roster, I, I know he has RB in front of his name, but I think they'll still do it a lot because he's basically going to be your receiving back. 
I think we look at the red, even when the final tolls in the red zone, I think you can still trust Boston Scott down there in the red zone because he just puts one foot in and he goes straight. Miles Sanders, I think, will get a little bit better of that. But when it comes to Kenneth Gainwell, you pretty much know you're going to bring him on third down in the passing game. So I'm going to keep him on the outside and basically focus on, hey, you know what? This is your role in the team. We want you to do the best thing you job you can at doing this role. Make sure you work on those swing passes. Make sure you work on his precise route running. So you get him. I know I keep talking about route running one-on-one with linebackers. You get him on a running back running that Texas route on the inside. That's that's a win. Nine, like seven times out of ten, you should win that matchup with him because of his speed and his ability to get his hands. So I'd probably see I'd probably say do to keep what's working with him, especially with him when that way. Then you bring him once in a while. Just if you want to run a jet sweep, if you want to run the outside zone, he still's got those instincts from his college days. So it's he can go that way. Speaking of cross training, Chris, uh, want your thoughts on the shift in the coaching, the positional coaching on the defensive side of the football. So um, Jeremiah Washburn is sort of uh, uh, coaching the overhang players, as Jonathan Gannon likes to call them, Tracy Rocker, the interior defensive lineman. And then Nick Rollis, essentially the inside linebackers, the weak, uh, the will, the Mike. Um, sounds like more of the way a 3-4 team sets up its coaching staff versus a 4-3 team. Are we read into that or are those just antiquated terms in the modern NFL? And everybody's using hybrid fronts. Which, which do you lean towards? I think everybody, everybody's loses a lot more odd man fronts. I think you hear you keep hearing over under like they're running a three four four three under and all that stuff. For it. I think I still look at it in a traditional sense. I still think it's truly a three four type. Now I think we'll see more three, and I think we we'll even see a lot more five five uh, man sets as well too. Because basically, when it comes to that outside linebacker, that, that, that those defensive ends, they pretty much are playing like outside linebackers. You see them once in a while drop back into the flat area, and you don't want to see it all the time. I'm, I'm no, we'll worry about Brandon Graham keep yeah. dropping back yeah. there over and over, but you see it so much. So I I think it's it makes sense, and it's, it makes sense to do that. And I think they're going to be playing a lot more three runs. And then we have the five one defense. I mean, yeah, Hassan Reddick was used to playing it back when they when he was with the Panthers because he was an edge guy. I think he just brings so much uncertainty. You don't know where the rush is coming from. You're trying to make the defense declare late. By then, you just it gets into your checks and everything else. I think overall, I think we'll see a lot more of those three and five at front. So it makes sense to have a different room for those guys to get their assignments and learn a little bit better. Whatever the fronts are, whatever the schemes are, Epsi's getting a lot of run this year. And John's been talking up Epsi since last year. I got to give him credit. He was on the Epsi bandwagon before most others. The Eagles seem to be now fully on the Epsi bandwagon. That's the only position on the team that the Eagles, in my opinion, haven't upgraded by bringing someone in from the outside, be it either free agency and or the draft. Uh, you want to tell me Blankenship's going to be a star. I need to see that with my own two eyes. Um, are you as big an Epsi fan as my partner Johnny Mack is? Uh, it seems like he's going to be on the field a lot for the Eagles this year. Is he up to the task? I still have some questions about him. I look at, I think when he filled in last year, he did a decent job. For playing both safety positions, I wonder about when it comes to sustaining it for a long term. Because when you're in the short term, if you it's pretty much sometimes you know you're going to get you get your opportunity, it's fine, cool. But you don't know if the starter's coming back. Like, okay, when I get this, so I better get some good tape on there just so I know if case another team wants me. I, 
the fact that the Eagles continually looked at Marcus Williams and they Teron Matthew and they struck out both times. I, that to me is still like say like they're just all seems like they're trying to talk themselves to no Epps is the guy we knew all along Epps is the guy to, to fill out that safety thing and I look at the I still have my questions about him and I wouldn't be surprised if say if Chuck Clark still wants it still wants out of Baltimore it gets closer towards tra- it, the end of the training camp do you do a player for player swap do you use Isaac Say Miles a chip do you use Jalen Rager chip I would if if Epps looks like he's slowing down i wouldn't be surprised to do that i wouldn't be surprised all the way up through the trade deadline if the eagles look like they're a contender and epps is the one guy i wouldn't be surprised they try to upgrade that spot too so i i still have my little questions on them, but it's, it's for me it's still a wait and see on that no epsy love from chris franklin we're gonna remember that I'm, I'm gonna say this going the line good for the, you franklin the, <laughs> the eagles might bring in a safety but if they bring in a safety It'll be to replace Anthony Harris, not Marcus Ooh. Epps. That's that's my thought process. But I, I want to stay on the defensive side of the ball. For the additions, significant additions, obviously, Jordan Davis up front, Hassan Reddick, overhang player. You have Kaiser White, N'Kobe Dean, at linebacker. Of those four sort of big-name additions – who is and uh, James Bradbury? I forgot. Who is the most impactful on the twenty twenty two Eagles? Is is probably the most and not to call defensive lineman boring, but probably the most boring one of defensive tackle. But for the reasoning, but I think Jordan Davis is when you look at what he can do. It's almost it's a trickle down effect when you have Jordan when you added Jordan Davis because I look at him and now you can do so much other stuff because just adding him. I think you basically you have to commit to defensive uh, offensive linemen to him to block him just because of his speed and his size. So you're doing that, it just frees up one a defensive lineman here or there. You frees up a linebacker rushing up somewhere else, and you needed that. You need that effect from the inside. And then you had Jay Avon Hargrave last year and a decent Fletcher Cox. You're still waiting to see what you're going to get out of him for this year. You add Jordan Davis to that now, and you get a, a true push from the middle of the field next to. Hargrave next to Hargrave or Cox, you get it affects so much other stuff, and I think that it it's going to help. I think it's going to overall it's going to overall help that sack total from last year. I don't think we'll see twenty nine. If they get forty, I know that's average compared to last year, but forty for this defense, it, it should be doable. Given defensive line, should be doable with all the people they have up front, and then that gives time. I think that affects also the secondary too. So, and, and overall defense. So I think Jordan Davis is the guy that that was the most impactful. All right, Franklin, I tried to put you on the spot earlier. I'm going to do it again. You don't have to dime <laughs> out any of your fellow Eagle reporters, but I'm going to make you analyze the quarterbacks. I remember going to a jet open practice years ago uh, where the fans were allowed in, and I would usually make my way over to talk to some of the fans, some I could actually recognize as callers on my show on FAN. And one guy said to me, Jody, I've been here the last however many days in a row for all the practices are you telling me we're really going to start this Pennington guy instead of Vinny Testaverde? Because Vinny could still, even an older Vinny, he could just flat out spin it. He could throw it. He was a statue back there, couldn't move to save his life, but he could still cock it and throw it. Eagles quality arm talent in camp this year. Put him in an order for me. Reed Snanette, uh Carson Strong, Gardner, 
and Jalen Hurts, will people be second-guessing the fact that Jalen Hurts doesn't throw it as well as one of his backups, or will he have the best arm in camp? If you're looking at pure arm talent, Hurts, Strong, Minshew, Sinet. Okay. I think personally, I think Reesonet's. I think Reesonet's cut. I mean, just uh, he'll he's be on the roster now. You can't he's cut on him. On the roster yet. now. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, he's you know, getting he's this nice weekend. That's for the worst sure. part about it. He's nice. <laughs> but I, I think overall, when you look at head to head, I I think Strong's winning out that third thing just because of the guaranteed money, because of what he could be. I think he's your bona fide QB two next season. Or let them grow in that role. They'll say they'll have a co- I think next season, 2023, you'll see, oh, well, we'll have a competition for a backup. But it's going to be quite strong, I think. But I think overall, when you look at overall arm talent, see, I think Hurts with Hurts is he has a, he has a good arm. He's not going to, nobody's going to, I don't think he has a Josh Allen arm, but he has a good arm. He can put touches on there. So I have, I don't have a problem saying he has, I think he's number one when it comes to arm strength and talent. And he does that consistency. That's where you, you, you question it. But I think overall, Minshew has, the accuracy doesn't have a strong arm at all. So that's why I put him third. Carson Strong has a really strong arm. He could put some touch on it. He's just a statue back there. He's 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 a young Joe Flacco. Well, I don't want to put him with Joe Flacco because he's at least Flacco at Super Bowl. But he's a he's Flacco-esque, put it that way. So, but in recent that, eh, I think he's he's there. He's there, but he can also he, – he can throw some touch passes. I remember watching him a lot last, of when it was well, during our practices last year. You could see him put, put the ball in, in search. But overall, I think he's four out of four. Yeah, I would, you know, and I haven't seen him yet, but from reputation alone, I would think it's Carson Strong by a country mile as far as arm talent, but doesn't matter. I mean, it's not just about who's got the strongest arm. You got to be able to do the different things to be a quarterback, as Nick Sirianni always says. You know, you got to have a sort of, uh, reach a default level to play in the NFL, right? From an arm perspective, Jalen Hurts reaches that level from the Eagles' perspective. Then the accuracy, the decision making, is far more important. But as far as you know, you mentioned Josh Allen. As far as just pure arm strength and pure arm talent, Carson Strong is supposed to be that guy. I haven't seen it. I assume nobody's wrong that many people can be that wrong but i don't expect carson strong to do anything i mean he as you mentioned he's a statue he's got the bad um bad knee so i think people get over excited about arm strength i mean if arm strength were the only thing it it'd be like every pitcher that can throw 100 miles an hour would be the best pitcher in baseball it doesn't it doesn't necessarily work that way so you think that's a little bit overhyped as far as you got to have that Josh Allen arm? Most people don't have Josh Allen's arm. I think a lot of it's anticipation. A lot, is, a lot of it's your footwork and your anticipation because if you could, if you know the, if you know a route and you get a good feel of your receiver, you know where the area is going to go at. You just, it's almost you know. You just make sure you get your your right drop. You get your footwork and the right thing. And go. Oh, I know. I have this spot open. I, I, and the key thing is reading the coverages too. I think a lot of guys think uh, you start to see pretty much, especially at the youth level and and younger in the college level, it's a lot of like, oh, it's cover three or man to man. Okay, well, if I know it's going to be one of those, I pick the right thing. I know I'm going to throw. 
And especially when you get to this defense now where you have one half of the side playing like a cover three and the other half playing a two or whatever. Maybe like, what the heck is going on here? It's once you get that, once you get that feel down and you get the anticipation down and you start to read those defenses, then it just comes, it doesn't matter. Archers is anticipation and just knowing where you have to throw the ball and what area you have to throw to. It's almost like it's almost got to a point now where if you throw it the right in a certain area, you can just throw it blindly almost there. You don't want to do it as much because you don't know it's different, but you can almost throw it blindly to that area. You just expect your receiver to be there and to make a play. So I think it's a lot that that plays a big role into it. All right, brother. Um, need you to look into your crystal ball. See so for right, me. Let and, me get it real quick. All right, yeah, get some crystal <laughs> all right, ball. Let's see. As far as playing time goes for two 2020 draft picks for the Philadelphia Eagles, both have had some run but been limited because of injuries. Both uh, defensive players. Who gets more field time this year? Davion Taylor. Or Kayvon Wallace? I go Kayvon Wallace. Ooh. And the reason why is Kayvon Wallace. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to, if they use like a big nickel thing, that they use that one. And I think it's going to be like a couple of, I think both of them mostly play special teams. That's the only reason why I think when you look at that. But they, see, the Davion Taylor thing is frustrating because you can, you see he has the athletic part, the potential of it. You see he's, start, he picks up parts of the game and you start to see it, it's like stuff starts to click a little bit and when he finally is right there he's right there to really make a play he's really gonna be impact then he's out this injury wallace he's more of a box safety i know more I, I see him more as a run stuffer than that one but given that this history the injury what happened last year we saw what happened with the safeties i know it was mount grant is malcolm jackson the errors they missed some time if one was missing time, I think Wallace is the next guy up. So that's why I probably put Kayvon Wallace more than Davion Taylor. But I think we'll both see him on kickoff and punt, and punt teams more often, honestly. At C. Franklin News, Chris Franklin, NJ.com. So Jody went there, prediction. I'll keep the crystal ball out. I'm going to go prediction back to the offensive side of the ball because there's not a lot of, of uncertainty with the offense, uh, Chris. We – we know four of the five offensive linemen. We know the quarterback. We know it's going to be Sanders and Gainwell. We talked about the receivers. Dallas Goddard at tight end. So it's really who's going to start at right guard and who's going to be the backup tight end to Dallas Goddard. I think Jack Driscoll is going to wind up winning that Ooh. job out. Oh, you're, you're, like as, you're as crazy as he is. I, Isaac is I didn't the say man. I was, are you talking as crazy as me or Jack Driscoll? Stop getting the Eagle fans all worked up into a ladder. Isaac Samalo is going to be their right guard. It's not four out of five. It's five out of five. The Eagle offensive line is set. Isaac Samalo is going to be their right guard. By the way, Mike K. Don't make Eagle fans crazy with this. uh, uh, Mike K., who I mentioned, I'm going to mention him again. He just put out his post-June 1st potential cuts for the Pro Football Network. Isaac Samalo is on that list. Blame, uh, blame Mike K. Jody McDonald. <laughs> Not happening. Mike See, K. I, hey, I don't. You, Mike K. The three of you guys. After Isaac plays a good first game of the season opening night, you're all gonna have to say we're sorry to all you Isaac Samalo <laughs> fans, which I'm one uh, for even contemplating having a season with Isaac not being locked in at right guard for the Eagles. I'm not thrilled. I didn't say I was thrilled about Driscoll, but I just look at the way everything's filled up. I, I questioned about his durability, and yeah. I think he's a better tackle than he is. Say Amalo gets hurt, Driscoll gets hurt, and it's uh, 
Sua Opeta. How about that? Oh, or can I see? I don't. I don't see. The thing is, I don't have a problem with Sua. I really don't. I think for what he is, I think it like that. I I like Sayumal a lot. It's just a matter of he's more to me. He's more of a left guard. He's played. He played. I know he played right guard. I think it's like 2018, 2019. He played a couple snaps or something like that. Yeah. There. He played right tackle. He's played everywhere. Yeah, Isaac's very versatile. I think so. He's a big part. He's he's helped Jordan Mylas talk about how, how much he's helped him out there. I just think I would be surprised if he uses a, tra- a trade trip, if anything. Uh, granted, but a general manager say like, "Oh wow, if, they're, if we're talking about it, a general manager probably like, oh, they're just going to release him or trade him." So yeah, yeah they're not trading real... Isaac. They, they and right. uh, tight end two, Chris Franklin. Tight end two. I'll go on a limb. I'll say I'll say Grant Calcaterra. I think because when you look at True tight ends. Well, you know, you, I know you still have Richard Rogers on there. I see Richard Rogers. Jay Jaw. I just don't see him as as the guy. And Jack Stoll. I think he's a good third tight end if they want to use him toward goal line. Three tight sets. Okay, I, I'm cool with that. But I think overall, I think Calcutta is is more of a pure guy, especially if they're going to throw a little bit more. Then that's your guy. That's your that's your guy. I think you use for in a route run. I think he'll be surprising on that one too. They do they do need a blocking t- uh, a, a pure blocking tight. That's why I think Rogers sticks around here or stole improves in that area. But I, I'll right. go talk with Terrace too. Last thing for both of you doubters. Uh, I'm setting the over under. <laughs> at game started at right tackle for Isaac Samalo at nine. So that's more than half of the season because you always got to factor in a little injury because Isaac almost always gets hurt. Uh, over under nine starts at right tackle for Isaac Sayamon. Well, not right Franklin. tackle. Zero at right tackle. Right guard. Oh, oh, right yeah. tackle, yeah. excuse me, yeah. guard. Right guard, uh, Franklin. Over under nine for Isaac. Starting. I, I see you guys got the Ocean Casino right behind you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they have a sports book. I'm rushing no. in there, and I'm taking the under heavy. I'll put under. On the under. under heavy. <laughs> I'll put 100 on, on, on the under on that one. I, too, have, I would still, you know, <laughs> Jody jokes, I put it out there. I would still at this stage go over. Uh, I Ultimately, I think Stoutland wins out. You know, Stout loves Isaac. Uh, Nick loves Jack. I think Stoutland likes Jack Driscoll as well. Right. But so Franklin, you're uh, out. You've already gone under. McMullen, what if I move it to 11? <laughs> Over under starts for him at the right guard. Well, position, he's he, he, he's played nine games over the past two years, so at that point, I got to go under. You're going under, all right? So the difference between nine and eleven moves yeah. you from under to over. Chris, uh, <laughs> not going to be getting a Christmas card from Isaac Sayamalo. He's going to get you blocked. He got me blocked by Zach Pascal. Uh, he's going to get you blocked. Hey, yeah. Uh, don't know. Don't know if Isaac mm-hmm. follows you on any of your social media platforms, but McMullen's right. You're done. Uh, Isaac is dropping <laughs> you like a two foot putt, buddy. He's not dropping me because I'm I'm taking the over nine. I'm taking the over the eleven. I'm taking over thirteen. Sam Wallow starting at right guard for the Eagles this year. I'm not blocked by anybody except for one player's dad. That's it. Everybody else, I, th- I guess I'm, uh, either whoa, I'm not whoa, whoa. doing it right one compared to other standards or Who the hell is that? Whose dad blocked you? I'm, I'm going to um, guess. Can I guess? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Monte Rager. Got it. After the, uh, <laughs> after the, where he missed, he dropped the, uh, when he dropped the pass and, uh, and against the Cleveland Giants, he dropped that pass when they lost. And I wrote a story about, it was, it was like basically, it's basically time for a little bit elsewhere for wide receiver. And I retweeted. And the next thing you know, like he was following me on Twitter. Next thing you know, later on in the afternoon, looked was like, well, there it is. So I was blocked. Other than that, ah, yeah. I, 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 you know, that's, <laughs> you're not, I, 
I gave Jalen Rager a ton of credit after that game for coming out and meeting with the media. Um, yeah, I I gave him a that ton takes of a lot. For that. Yeah, that uh, especially in the pandemic era, where you don't have to, you can hide. We're not in the locker room. I gave him a mm-hmm. ton of credit for coming out. He's still blocking. I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry about it. And also, I, I'll say this as well too. Speaking of Jalen Rager, I feel bad. I, I oh, really do feel bad awful. for the guy because you lose your yeah. you lose two friends, two very close yeah. friends back to back years. That's it's rough. And, and I know we're rough on the guys, but still, like, when you look at the personal aspect of it, that's rough, man. And I hope that we look at his friend and he gets better and his team teammates around him because that's, that's, that's rough. That's rough. Terrible. Terrible. CF, uh, always a pleasure whenever we get you on. Uh, we'll see if we can get an even better picture over your left shoulder. The next time you join us, <laughs> he moves around. Sometimes he comes well-dressed, sometimes not. We're never well-dressed, so that's why we can comment on it. Chris Franklin, always a pleasure. Thanks, buddy. We'll get you back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. I'll get that patent pending on the microphone tie. There we go. Yeah. The yeah. Microphone <laughs> tie. Thanks, Chris. Coming, coming Thanks, to a uh, fashion outlet near you soon. Hey, it's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We're running a little late. We got to take our final time out and come back and put a bow on the show. I'm Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. 
Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Time here on Birds 365. Good to be back at it. We had, uh, like you guys, Memorial Day off. Uh, looking forward to uh, running it out for you every single day this week. While the Eagles are getting some actual work in, Johnny Mac gets to get over there on Friday or so he thinks. Did you get the text from the Eagles yet today with the schedule? Do you no. Know yet if come it's... on. Come on. If I get 24 hours notice, that'll be, that'll be, uh, that'll be great. Yeah. Above and beyond, huh? All right. But at some point, John's going to get over and get a chance to see the Eagles work out and watch Isaac Sayamalo star at guard. In yeah, we're not going to be able to see much of the offensive linemen. You got legit stars in Lane Johnson. Did they, did they snap the ball and then just stand up and, like, not move? No, they're going to be off to the side. I mean, the center. Uh, but that's not even going to be Jason Kelsey. That's going to be, uh, you know, maybe some Cam Jurgens. We'll get to see some Cam Jurgens in seven on sevens and uh, snapping the football. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're going to be off to the side working on technique and all that kind of good stuff. But, uh, and we're going to have coverage. JacobSports.com. Got to say that before we get off the air. JacobSports.com website. Go straight to it. You can go that way. You can go youtube.com backslash Jacob Sports. But uh, cut out the middleman, jacobsports.com. Watch Birds 365, Sports Take National Football Show. There's a Marcus Epps story from your yours truly on there. We're just talking about Epsy. Uh, you can get it all. Uh, subscribe to the newsletter if you want to. Yeah, you're going to have to do that anyway. So. Uh, if you want to win all the jerseys, we give away tickets during the season, jacobsports.com. You can be on the Epsi bandwagon. I'll stay on the Isaac Samalo bandwagon. Uh, it's just, uh, I think Isaac is getting a short change here from uh, too many well, of them. From me, and, it's, the, it's the money, Jody. It's the money. It's not yeah, that Isaac see, can't play. I know he we're running a late. lot of money. The money doesn't matter now. We've reached the stage, uh, unless you're telling me that they're going to make a trade for Jesse Bates. They don't need the money. They've committed the money. The money is what it is right now. The only thing you'd be doing by cutting Isaac Samalo is saving Jeff Lurie money in his pocket. They're cap situated. They don't need to clear any money to do it. Why would you move away from a guy who's been as good as Isaac Samalo? Just because you well, it's money. one of those things where it's not about being cheap or trying to be thrifty. It's about if you if you think you're going to get similar play from Jack Triscoll, then you start t- then you start weighing the money and saying, well, that's a lot of money. You're certainly not going to pay it to a backup. So if he loses, uh, if he loses a, you think Jack Driscoll can outperform him in preseason to take the job away from him? Um, I I would I. You know, if I were going to put odds, I'd put 70-30 no, but mm-hmm. there's a legitimate chance. The Eagles like, really like Jack Driscoll, really like Jack Driscoll. And I think now they've come to the, the thought that his best position isn't right tackle. They think he was better at right guard than right tackle, so maybe his skill set is better suited inside. 
ultimately, I will say this. I am prepared to say this, and I know we have to go. Long term, the starter at right guard is Jack Driscoll. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just term. talking about the 2022 yeah. season. Yeah, long term. My point just by saying that is, Jody, they like him. They like him a lot. It's not it's not lip service. So there's he's got a legitimate chance to to work his way on the field. No, not this year if Isaac stays healthy. Future, yes. This year, no. Isaac, you the man. All right, uh, that'll do it for uh, this edition of Birds 365. J-Mac, I say we do it again tomorrow. You up for it? You don't have to go in today. You know you're not getting the email that says, get here immediately. So you're going to be able to well, go Well, you never on. know if that Jesse Bates trade happens. You never know. But they have to wait to June 1st. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, I'm you're pretty co- confident. confident you're not going to have to go across the river today. But uh, that means you'll be home. That means you'll be here. means I'll be here. Be back with us tomorrow on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.